Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse, Golf Monthly's weekly look at the various different events around the world in golf. Today we look back on a memorable week at Augusta, where Dustin Johnson won his first Masters title. We'll also hear from DJ himself, as well as Wayne Riley. Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse, brought to you by our friends at Titleist, the number one ball in golf. For more, visit titleist.co.uk. Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse. And this week, I am joined by Elliot Heath. How are you doing, Elliot? Hey, Tom. Yeah, very good, thanks. Brilliant weekend, I thought. Just reminded me how amazing the Masters is. It's been 19 months, I guess, since we saw one. And uh, yeah, it's just brilliant, wasn't it? How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I am a bit tired, I'll be honest with you. Uh, quite a long week, but a brilliant week. I don't think I've ever watched as much of a Masters. I don't think it's possible for anybody else to have watched as much Masters golf as I did. I think I watched every single moment, pretty much, unless I had to go to a, for a loo break, uh, of all four days of the tournament. I Then I watched all the BBC highlights afterwards as well. And then, because we were working late, I then stayed up and kept on falling into watching I watched Tiger win the 2005 Masters I think on Friday night or Saturday night or whenever it was so um yeah I watched an awful lot of golf which was brilliant because I absolutely loved it I even watched I think all three hours of the rain delay on Thursday <laughs> so um it, no it was great fun uh, it was great to see Augusta it wasn't the same was it it wasn't the same well I will come on to the bits which weren't the same um but do you know what? It brightened up my week and um, not being able to leave the house and do much because of lockdown anyway. Um, it was something that really filled the space. And um, I thought it was a really good event. I thought that Augusta should be applauded for how much work they actually had to put on to get the uh, the course in, in playable state. And Dustin Johnson was absolutely amazing, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Uh, he was incredible. And it's so good to see him like that because... He's been so much the nearly man of, of quite a long time now. And, uh, yeah, to see him rise up to the occasion was just amazing. And, yeah, I, I just thought it was a fantastic week. I know every time the Ryder Cup comes around, you're always like, wow, this is, like, next level good. And I, I got that feeling with Augusta. It's probably because absence makes the heart grow fonder, I guess. But it was just a wonderful reminder that the Masters is away from the Ryder Cup and perhaps on par with the Open, the, the best tournament in golf. And, um, yeah, we had a really worthy winner, I thought. Yeah, I think, I think that's right. And let's talk, let's talk about DJ. He, he won his second major and his first Masters title in record-breaking fashion. He shot 20 under par Augusta, a new record score after rounds of 65, 70, 65 and 68. He finished five clear at Cameron Smith and Sun Im, who both played brilliantly themselves. Justin Thomas was fourth, and despite an opening 75, Roy McIlroy somehow got to fifth, alongside South African Dylan Fratelli. DJ stretches his lead in the world rankings to 2.5 points ahead of John Rahm and is therefore guaranteed to remain world number one well into 2021, which is well-deserved. He has three wins, three runners-up, a sixth and a twelfth in his last eight starts. How much money is that won him? Over $2 million for the Masters, $15 million for the FedEx Cup the other month, three wins since lockdown. Yeah, it's just been an incredible end to the year for DJ. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be something that we really remember him for. He's going to yeah. go into the record books. And I, we've spoken about him being an all-time great for, for a while now on this podcast. And 
I think that's cemented it now. It was great seeing, and it's going to be amazing seeing him in his green jacket every year at the Champions Dinner, and uh, deservedly so as well. Yeah, I think that's it. He's now got that for as long as he plays golf. Actually, as long as he's around, you know, he's going to be there every single Masters. That's an incredible achievement, isn't it? Once you've got that, no wonder it's the it's the one major I think everybody wants because, you know, you get to go to Augusta every year. You become a member of the club and you're there. You're going to be there every single Masters from now until forever. So congrats to him. Um, let's, let's before we talk any more about Dustin Johnson, let's hear from the man himself. He just let him discuss his final round and he reveals how the Masters was the tournament he wanted to win the most and also admitted that he didn't look at the leaderboard at all during the final round. So here is the 2020 Masters winner, Dustin Johnson. Today was, it was a very difficult day. Got off to a pretty good start. You know, even, you know, bogey in four or five, I still, you know, didn't, didn't let it bother me. Um, you know, I hit nice putts. I, I gave myself, you know, I had good looks at par on both the holes and hit good putts, you know, and then hit a great shot in the six, made a birdie. That kind of obviously helped, helped, uh, helped the nerves a little bit. And, you know, from, from there on out, I felt like I played really solid, drove it really well, hit a lot of quality iron shots and, um, you know, gave myself a lot of looks at birdies and, and played, you know, played really good from, from there to the house. I think uh, the up and down on 11 was, you know, probably the, you know, one of the biggest, biggest up and downs for sure. And then hitting the green on 12, I think. Then after that, I felt like I could breathe a little bit. And, uh, you know, had a, had a really good stretch there, 13, 14, and 15. You know, just growing up so close to here, you know, it's always been, you know, a tournament that, you know, since I've been on tour, that, and, you know, since I played my first Masters, it's been, you know, the tournament I wanted to win the most. And, you know, being close the last couple of years, uh, finishing second last year to Tiger, you know, this one was, you know, it's just something that I really wanted to do. And obviously starting today with a four-shot lead, you know, I knew it wasn't going to be easy. I knew I was going to have to play well if I wanted to win. And played probably better than, you know, especially from really seven in, into the clubhouse. I played really, really solid, had a lot of great shots. But um, it was still hard. I mean, I was nervous all day. But I felt like I control, controlled myself very well, you know, um, controlled the golf ball very well in diff, difficult conditions. I felt like the wind was really tricky. The greens were a little bit faster, you know, so I felt like you really had to, had to be careful around here today. I did not, not exactly. I mean, I, f I assumed I had the lead, but I didn't know about how many. And, but I mean, that was kind of my goal. I, I kind of looked at the leaderboard a little bit early. And then after that, I just, you know, told myself, don't worry about what, what anybody's doing. Just, you know, play as good as you can. And, you know, so I didn't look at the leaderboard at all from probably seven, seven on. Um, you know, I tried not to. I just tried to play my game. When I felt comfortable with with the wind and and the number that I had, I would I'd play aggressive. If not, you know, I'd try to play you know just to the fatter side of the green. And you know, pars are a good score on a lot of these holes, especially you know when you're you know nine, ten, eleven, twelve, take par all day on on those holes, especially with the wind, the way it was blowing today. I did. I mean, I knew if I played played well, you know, especially from you know 
eight to the house that, you know, I was going to put myself in a good position or, you know, have a good chance to win. But I just didn't want to, I didn't want that to affect the way that I played. So I, I just didn't look at it. I, I played, you know, I took what the course gave me and, you know, hit the shots that I, I felt like I could hit. There you go. That was Dustin Johnson, the 2020 Masters winner. Do you know what? I really have, since the last, since how long has it been now since he won? About 16 hours, something like that. Maybe a bit more than that, 17 hours. I've really suddenly, I've, I've seen Dustin Johnson in a bit of a, of a different light. You know, I think whether it's the emotion that he showed being interviewed afterwards or just how well he played in that final round. You know, he's never been someone I've really... I think, you know, really got that interested in or that excited about it when he's playing, even though he's an amazing player. But now I really, I think he's really, I think he's probably turned a few people's opinions about him, don't you? Yeah, definitely. With his golf and with his emotion as well, I think he won the hearts of all golf fans yesterday, seeing him like that, because he's always a little bit uh, bland, I guess you would say. He doesn't really show his emotions too much and he lets his golf do the talking, but... Yeah, uh, a bit like McElroy, actually, when he missed the cut at Portrush and, and he started crying and, and broke down. Uh, I think golf fans really got to see DJ on, on the human side, saw how much it meant to him. Uh, I think he only grew up about an hour or two down the road in Columbia, South Carolina. And um, yeah, it, it was brilliant because you can forget sometimes just how much this means to players. And when he's won $70 million, does he really care? And, and I think it was it was great to see that, yeah. Yeah, and I think that I think that's it. Sometimes I think Dustin Johnson gets a bit of a bad rap because he's not an amazing wordsmith, is he? He's a golfer, you know. He's not he's not there to be interviewed. You know, he does get interviewed, and sometimes, yeah. You know, I thought the interview that he did before the Masters, where they said, "What's the best tradition that you love every time you come to Augusta?" and he said, "The sandwiches." It was hilarious, but actually, he's also really honest, isn't it? He's just saying, you know, actually, the best thing I like is the food. It's brilliant. And I actually, as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, what a chap, because that's probably exactly what I'd say as well. But, um, you know, I think, you know, I think people got to remember, he's there because he's very good at playing golf. He's not there because he wants to cause controversy in an interview. He doesn't want to be outspoken about the game. He doesn't really give his opinion too much. Does he on other players or what's going on? Not like maybe Kepka or Rory has done in the past. He's just there to get on with it. And do you know what? Fair play to him. I thought he he was he was brilliant all week. Played fantastically. And um, I know he, he struggled a lot with that that interview, didn't he? Afterwards, after he'd been awarded the green jacket. But it was great to see, wasn't it? And it was really humbling. Yeah, it was incredible. I, I was thinking actually when he was coming down, sort of seventeen. Like, I, I wonder what it's going to be like his his reaction because this is four years in the making. He's had so many close calls since. Like, is he going to go crazy? Is he just going to fist pump and and get on with it? Or I didn't even imagine he was going to cry because I remember last year when Tiger Woods just completely erupted afterwards. It was just phenomenal. And obviously, doing the the social like I do, I, I wanted to see a really good celebration pick but we didn't get that but we got some incredible pictures of his emotion and, and some videos as well so uh yeah it, it really delivered on that front and I, I just think he's a lovely guy you watch his press conferences and he actually comes across quite charming he's very funny and very genuine I would yeah say. And I, I think the other thing is that how how everybody around him actually were you know he's what his his uh his girlfriend fiance 
she was in tears. His brother, his caddy, you know, he was in tears. Butch Harmon, who's obviously been his long-term coach, he was in tears on the, on the Sky Sports commentary. You know, that all means that they all care for him very, very much. And I think he's, I think Dustin sometimes feels a bit embarrassed by the limelight almost a little bit with, with some of this. So um, I think it's, you know, I think shown him and everybody around him really in a new light to golf fans. So um, no, well well done to him. And um, I thought it was the end to a, a fantastic Masters with lots and lots that, you know, we're going to chat about and lots and lots that we really enjoyed. Um, but before we talk about it, let's listen to Wayne Riley, who's, of course, Golf Monthly columnist and also Sky Sports golf commentator as well. He spoke to Nick Bonfield as soon as Dustin had won last night and here's his thoughts about DJ, but also about Rory as well. So here you go. Here's Wayne Riley. I guess the, the I suppose the basic most pertinent question is just how impressed have you been with DJ this week? He's been head and shoulders above everyone else, hasn't he? He certainly has. Ever since he's um, flattened his wedges wedges out like Rory McIlroy should, um, he, he's been a different class. He's the best golfer in the world. He has been for a long time. As we were saying uh, yesterday, that, that he, he got a knockback when he fell down the stairs here at the Masters. Uh, a couple of years back, uh, knocked him back six months or seven, but maybe a year. But he's back to where he was then. He's by far the best player in the world, and the best players won. And it's apt that uh, he's actually winning this championship because uh, what happened two years ago, falling down the stairs, everyone thought he was going to win that year. Okay, you have to wait a couple more, but he'll be very happy. And this could open the floodgates for uh, Dustin Johnson. Yeah, I want to comment on that in a little bit, but. How impressive is it to, I know the conditions are soft, but to play Augusta National in that many under parts is just ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Tiger Woods is the only one who's ever done it before. He won by 12 shots after shooting 40 on the front nine day one, which is unbelievable if you really think about that stat. Uh, it's, there was so much hype about Bryson uh, hitting it so far, but uh, obviously what it says is um, uh, around Augusta, you, you need some more finesse. And that's what Dustin Johnson has. He's a big, long hitter, yeah, with a fade. But he's a great wedge player now, and it's so impressive to shoot 20 under. Um, it, it really is indescribable. Did you think he'd ever be caught? I mean, even when, even when who was it, Smith or Im got to within one, I never really felt he was in too much trouble. No, I, I looked at um, Cameron Smith on the 10th tee, uh, and he, he looked quite uh, startled, like a rabbit in the headlights a little. Um but he's, been, he's a great player, Cameron Smith. But yeah, it's been sensational. Maybe we're going to see um, another Asian winner um, of a major. He plays every single week. I just hope the kid doesn't burn himself out, doesn't seem to go home. But uh, yeah, both of them very good. But they didn't touch him. Once they got close, uh, DJ just seemed to up the ante. And he, he's had this championship in control from, uh, well, for, for ages, it seems. Well, since probably mid midway or early round three, right? That's exactly right. Since, it's a long since time he, you know what for me, since he rolled in that that long birdie putt on the fourth yesterday, I thought that's it now. Yeah, well, he's a great front runner, but he has had hiccups, as I said last night. You know, he, yeah. he, 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 he there was a time today where you went, oh, I just hope that uh, things don't come undone, uh, and maybe they would have if someone really put it to him today, but they didn't really put it to him today, and. Uh, and he's, he's prevailed. Uh, what about, just talk about disappointment with the world number two and world number three, John Rahman and Justin Thomas. Um, really fairly poor over the weekend. 
Yeah, especially John Rahm. Uh, it's, you know, but um, Justin Thomas. Yeah, I feel as though Justin Thomas has got the game to win, and so is John Rahm. But the good thing is about this, yeah, it's disappointing. But a lot of the players who have had a disappointing week this week, um, they've only got six months to wait to, for the next Masters. Mm. So not even often we see back-to-back Masters being the, the last, last of the majors and the first of the majors. Mm. So that's a positive, and they'll be fresh in the mind. And someone, if you look at Ram and JT, yes, that's a very good point. But you look at Rory McIlroy, now, Rory McIlroy could go to the next Masters with a spring in his step. And uh, after this finish from a disastrous first day of three over par. See, that so, to me, this is a strange one with Rory. That to me points to some mental frailty because if you're good enough to shoot 12 under par in three rounds at Augusta or whatever he's going to shoot, your game's in a good enough place. It doesn't just change quickly with one shot overnight. So. Is he does he really really struggle when he comes to the Masters with the Grand Slam pressure, or is it just the fact that he hasn't won in in six years and he's more keenly aware of that than anyone else? Yeah, uh, a bit of both. You know, you look at Rory McIlroy's uh, four major uh, performance. You know, it's one of the greats. It's a Hall of Fame career. He's and if he never wins another one, he's he's had an unbelievably good career. But yeah, it's just one of those things that he doesn't seem to uh, get on with it here at the Masters. But I think this finish. Um, Rory McIlroy, when he starts badly, he seems to have this habit of just crawling his way back to top five or top ten position mm. and uh, when he's out of position. And, and, and it says to you that, you know, there's a little bit of doubt there. But I honestly feel as though this, going into the next Masters, Rory McIlroy is my choice right now because I feel as though he's had a great week this week from a disastrous start. So there you go, there was Wayne Riley. And I think he, he, he hit the nail on the head with just saying how good DJ played. But really interesting to hear that he really now thinks that Rory is the man to beat in April. Rory had a very mixed week, didn't he? I think it's the worst I think I've seen play golf when he finished off his round one on Friday morning. I've never seen him play so badly. So how did he turn around that horrendous form where he shot 75 to suddenly he manages to shoot three rounds in the sixes and finish fifth. How does he do it? <laughs> well, he did it because he's one of the very best golfers in the world and, and he started playing so poorly because it's just, it's what he's got in his head. He he does it quite often. We weren't really surprised to see it. I know that shot on 16 was just awful, but under all of that, under all of the, the poor performances and um lackluster final displays in majors or whatever he's just a world-class golfer and he's on par with dj he's easily one of the best in the world and um yeah something going on in his head that just doesn't quite allow him to perform at the highest level anymore which is a shame and yeah to finish tied fifth after that first round was very very impressive though and i I get what radar's saying that it's going to give him confidence to that you know this is the first time he's played well in a major in um I don't know, best part of a year and a half or something. So it will definitely get the juices flowing. But then it, it's quite a long time till the next one, another five or six months. But yeah, it's it's just really tough to see Rory doing a, a DeChambeau at the US Open, a DJ uh, yesterday, uh, a Morikawa display. It's a really competitive environment out there in major golf. And Rory just hasn't been showing us what he's capable of for, for four days at least. Yeah, exactly. There's always seems to be one bad day and it does seem to be more often than not, the first day as well. And I, but I do think that something may have 
a switch has been flicked in his head. I can't remember who he spoke to between the rounds. So I know he had only like 10 minutes between his first round and second round. Was it the uh, the chairman of, of a golf club? I think that he, he's a member or something like that. Um, but they said, you know, what are you doing? Come on, Roy, you're Roy McIlroy. Stop, you know, stop being so negative. Stop being, you know, come on, go out and play properly. Go for it. Oh, um, sorry, was this at the Open in, in 2017, do you mean? No, no, it was, it, was, it was at the Masters. It was, at, it was this year. Oh, right. Sorry. I thought you meant when uh, JP told him, you're effing Rory McIlroy, what are you doing? Well, I, I know it's amazing, though, isn't it? Isn't, it, isn't that amazing? That actually, oh, that's almost exactly the same thing that seems to be happening. Someone's given him a kick up the arse and say, can you remember who you are? You remember you're actually really good. You know, come on, let's sort this out. And I think that's all he needs. And I think if he'd been as aggressive as he was in the rounds two, three and four, then actually I think he would have, he could have very easily won this. I just can't believe how badly he hit the ball. He hit the ball as bad as I did. That <laughs> shot on 13, that snap hook. I mean, I, that's a bigger snap hook than I can do, and I can snap hook a putter. So it's 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 ridiculous what happened there. And even his putting for the last three rounds was unbelievable. He was in top 10 putters, wasn't he, in the end? So Which, you know, has always been known as his weakness. So I think there's a bit of frustration, but also it felt that afterwards he... He wasn't down on himself. He could have been really upset about fi- finishing fifth. Actually, he, I think he really felt a bit of weight had been lifted off his shoulders. Go, you know, I can still do this. I can do it. I am. I am still really good. You know, I can compete. I can outscore most players. So, I really hope. I can't wait for the Masters for next year. Of course, I can't wait for the Masters every year when it finishes. But you know, we've only got 150 odd days till the next one anyway. So, um, I, I really think Rory has got a great chance, just the same as uh, as Radar said just now. He um, He's really got a good chance, especially maybe on, on a different course setup where it's not as soft and it's just a bit a bit more firing. Uh, and let, let's talk about the course now, Elliot. How did you find seeing Augusta with no patrons, with the autumnal colours and the slightly different uh, setup that we're used to? Uh, I Firstly, I love the drone footage. I loved being able to see things that I'd never seen before, seeing the cabin, seeing, I guess you would know this, but fans like me wouldn't of um, where the holes are and which holes back onto different holes and stuff like that. I thought it was really cool. Uh, The the colours were brilliant. It was a little bit soft. I noticed quite a few times that, uh, especially on 10, the ball just wasn't rolling down that hill like it usually does. Um, It would have been nice to have seen a, a bit more roll on the drives as well, because even the likes of... Well, I guess DeChambeau hits it very high, but his ball was was not getting any run at all. But yeah, I thought the course was in fantastic condition when you consider that it was underwater on Thursday morning. So um, yeah, basically what we expected really, wasn't it? It was was a little bit soft, a little bit slow, but it was still the Augusta that we love. Yeah, and I I really hope that they keep that drone usage for for future tournaments. I thought that was brilliant. As you say, we managed to see some some spectacular shots. And as you say, you don't usually get to see the cabins as well. They looked amazing. And as you as you rightly say, it is very tricky to work out what holes are next to each other. So you for example, you, I don't think many people realise that the sixth green is actually very close to the sixteenth green. Um those two those two par threes. And actually, there's a, there's only about fifty yards between them, so you don't really understand where they are in relation to each other. But I think you could see that you could obviously see, of course, because there wasn't as many fans there. Of course, there was a few people wandering around, but you could see you could have new sight lines between the trees and stuff like that. So um, I thought Augusta did, did brilliantly. 
you're right. I mean, I, that that storm on Thursday morning made made life tricky for them, and I think the course just held up really well. Uh, it, it didn't look as pristine as as usual. I think some of the tee boxes were getting cut up, and some of that stuff like that. But you know, they got on with it, and they were, I think, just happy to to be hosting the Masters this year because we didn't think it was going to happen, did we, a few months ago? No. Uh, yeah, that 13th tee was, um, as somebody said on Twitter, looking a little bit like Centre Court or Wimbledon on, on a Sunday afternoon, which is quite funny. And um, there was a piece on the website about does it um, kind of let secretaries and, and greenkeepers off the hook here in the UK, where perhaps golfers, you know, we do get a little bit too precious about our courses. And, and even if Augusta's looking like that in winter, what can we expect from our courses when that is probably the most pristine course in, in the entire world? Yeah, I think that's a good point. Actually, uh, Jeremy Elwood actually wrote a very good post on our, our website. Check out the website golf-monthly.co.uk about whether that is a is a good thing. And you know, because the Masters is usually in April, which is usually the start, obviously, of our of our summer and our hot weather. Um, you know, everybody sees the Masters, sees it looking absolutely pristine, and then goes down to their their course, which may have just come out of a very tough winter. And then they start moaning about why it doesn't look so great. And there's a lot of pressure that gets put on committees and green keepers, you know, from for members. So I think now they can say, well, look, if Augustus struggles when it's a bit wet, well, it's no surprising that we do. So um, I think that's um, I think that's a good thing for golf, to be honest with you. I think it's a good good thing. It shows a bit of a bit of normality, even at something somewhere spectacular as Augusta. Uh, I think it's a good thing. Um, I'm going I'm to move on to uh, let's chat about a few of the other top stories really from uh, from the event touch briefly on soon Jim and cameron smith two you know guys who probably are not that well known to people who don't really follow the tour they both played fantastically didn't they to finish second yeah uh sung jm 22 years old future major winner future world number one i thought he was basically faultless to be honest he's a rookie so he was always going to struggle and a couple of holes cost him didn't it i think it was six and seven seven he went a bit long um, I can't remember how he bogeyed six if he did, but yeah. Um, six, he missed, he missed a short putt on six. Well, DJ held that really good birdie putt and um, him just missed a, missed a short, uh, short par putt. It was kind of like a match play situation where actually the the, the longer putt was held. Yeah, um, he went long, didn't he? Yeah, he was a bit out of position in the bunker, I think, on seven, wasn't he? So um, I thought he was brilliant. I know there's been a there's been a lot of chat about his swing and especially his slow takeaway. You know, um, a lot of my friends, some of them who think they are better golfers than they actually are, uh, seem to think that he hasn't got a very good swing because of that. Um, <laughs> I know it's slightly clueless from some of them, but um, you know, I think there's a lot of talking points about it, and he's. He just does everything right, doesn't he? He's so consistent. Yeah, he's just an amazing player. He was Rookie of the Year on the Web.com Tour, Rookie of the Year on the PGA Tour, back-to-back. He's still only 22. Yeah, he's almost like a robot. His swing is just absolutely gorgeous. And uh, it was really nice to see him do well in a major because he hasn't featured too much yet. I guess he's still so young, so he hasn't really had the opportunity. But he's shown us that he's got the game to compete on the biggest stage. and, And yeah, it was brilliant. And then... Cameron Smith as well, an absolute grinder. I thought some of the birdies and pars he was making Saturday night as well. He should have finished bogey, 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 and he finished par, par, par. Yeah, just just a real player for the big time as well. So that was great to see. And um, I think both of them really gave DJ a good fight. That That's what we wanted them to do. 
we didn't want DJ to shoot level par and win by seven or eight. And uh, they, they made him honest on Sunday, which was um, all we could ask for as fans. Yeah, and, and Cameron Smith, I mean, the first player ever to shoot four rounds in the 60s in, in a Masters. First player ever. There's 80, <laughs> 84 Masters have happened. And he's the first person to manage to do it. DJ didn't do it. DJ shot 20 under, but he had a round in the 70s. Um, amazing performance. And Cameron Smith, absolutely right. Wayne Riley actually said uh, in his in his column um, a couple of days ago, I think it was on Saturday, I think it was, said how he's very much like Matthew Fitzpatrick. They're very, very similar players. You know, they hit fairways, they hit greens, they get up and down from everywhere. They can really get scrambling. They're very, very similar players. And um, I thought Smith was was really, really good. Also played it with a smile on his face, didn't he? You know, he, he seemed to be really enjoying himself out there. <laughs> you know, him and his caddy stood out quite a long way. They both got the uh, slightly bedraggled haircuts, um, which, you know, is always good because a bit of character to them. And um, they look like a couple of uh, Aussie, uh, you know, you see surfer surfer dudes or something like that, didn't they? And they were, they were playing Augusta and, and loving it, weren't they? So um, I think they're really, really good performance by him and someone again to look out for uh for the future one person we need to talk about is bryson dechambeau a lot of headlines from him this week some of them for the right reasons some of them for the wrong reasons started off the week by saying he, he, the way he hits it it's going to be a, a par 67 for him he ends the week uh, shooting two under par and finishing 34th between that he also blamed a dizziness had a covid test I think on the 13th, which he thought he was going to eagle every day, he did eventually eagle it on Sunday, but he also had a double bogey on the Thursday. He, I mean, he is so entertaining, isn't he? Yeah. Um, Thursday afternoon when he went out on that back nine, it was, I said to you at the time, it was the best TV I've watched all year, I think. He <laughs> stuck it to about three foot on the 10th, then he nearly hit it out of bounds on 11, did what he did on 13. It was, um, yeah, so entertaining. I think... He looked a little bit nervous because I guess you would be when there's that much pressure on you and probably didn't need to say that it was par 67 for him. Probably didn't need to blame dizziness and, and saying he doesn't feel himself either. I think when it comes down to it, he uh, he just didn't play very well. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with his method. I just think he didn't play very well. That's all it is. Um, the media, I know that we're the media, but I think a lot of the the social media world likes to hate him, and I think we should uh, detach ourselves from that, appreciate him, and just acknowledge that he's going to play very well very often in the future. I think I think you're right. I mean, he's I absolutely love watching him play golf. He's so exciting. You have no idea what is going on, and I'd actually forgotten that until you reminded. He really he could have should have birdied the first hole, and when he stuck it to about five foot on the first, I was like, oh god, here we go. Bryson is actually going to do it. He's actually going to turn it turn it up. But then he missed the putt, and as you say, it's another massive snap hook. Everyone's been watching me play golf. Rory and him, you know, massive snap hook off that eleventh tee. But he's so excited. And I, the thing I do worry about is is this thing about him feeling not well and not. Now we don't know whether this is. It maybe is it an excuse. We don't know. I, I actually feel that he was under too much pressure. That sounds like he is. He's stressed out you know, and actually maybe he's just having a headache or something like that because he's stressed, because he is putting too much pressure on himself and also maybe putting too much pressure on his body as well. So I do hope he does get looked off, you know, looked into and and hopefully they work out what's going on with him there because 
we that's the last thing that we want is for someone to uh, to to get ill because of what they're trying to do. Um, and as you say, he is a he's really good for the game. He's trying to push push the game to new limits and push himself as well. So um, I thought it was really exciting. The the best bit I think when the tea times came out on Sunday and uh, Deshambo was playing with Bernard Langer, I was like. How much further is he going to be hitting at the Bernard Langer? And of course he did. But then, of course, Bernard Langer. Who? Let's talk about him now. He uh, he must have been getting out and driven by him by Shambo by about hundred yards every hole, but he beat him by two strokes. And Langer, of course, also broke history this year by becoming the oldest player to make the cut as well. What a legend he is! Yeah, so much time for Bernard Langer. Just an, an absolute legend. Missed seven fairways for four rounds. Like just. Incredible. He was dead last in the driving distance at 260 yards. <laughs> DeChambeau was top of the driving distance at 325 yards. So there was 65 yards difference. And uh, Langer went and beat him by one shot. So, um, yeah, a tight 29th finish for Langer. Three under for the week. On a very, very long golf course. A very wet golf course. Just, uh, yeah, an absolute genius. And just love him. Uh, just so good to watch. Hitting his hybrids in there, just seeing him strike for those uh, woods down the fairway. It's uh, an absolute joy to watch. He's just so classy as well. And I thought Bill Elliott, our, our editor at large, wrote a, a wonderful piece about him at the weekend, more on a personal level, which I would recommend people read. Yeah, I mean, Lang is a top top man. I mean, I, I was lucky enough to interview him when I was at Augusta in 2018, where I got a bit of time with him through Roblox. And he is a very professional man on and off. The course you know he's a good guy he knows he's he knows what he's got to do and he sorts it all out and um he's got you know so much experience um and i mean at augusta if i was to play augusta if i was a an up-and-coming pro playing augusta i would search him out and get his advice as quickly as possible because he's played so many rounds there and he just knows every trick in the book uh where to leave the ball where not to to leave the ball one. He really showed some of the, the younger guys, you know, you want to try and overpower this course, you can do, but you don't have to to have some success. So well played to him. And I'm looking forward to seeing him make the cut again in April. I'm sure he will. That's a, a surefire bet, isn't it? Yeah, I, I would think so. One other guy that we must, must talk about, and that was the defending champion, no longer the defending champion, of course. That was, of course, Tiger Woods, who um, we all got very excited about because he shot, his lowest ever first round score at, at a at a Masters on Thursday, um, but unfortunately, it didn't quite happen for him this week. And although I actually thought he played pretty decent, uh, except of course on the twelfth hole on Sunday where he took incredible ten. Um, so a lot of drama for Tiger. How did you how did you enjoy watching Tiger Woods this this Masters? Yeah, I, I thought he played really well on Thursday, and it looked like he was going to be right up there with a chance to win on Sunday. Um, and maybe the conditions in the week just got a little bit too much for him. He was having very, very long days, playing more than 18 holes, having to wait out for rain delays. And he, he did also comment that he didn't hold enough putts as well. But apart from that, I think it was a good show, and it was um, definitely the best I've seen him play since the Zozo Championship and, and the uh, President's Cup last year. So, yeah, really good and can definitely show us that he, he knows how to play Augusta with his eyes closed. I thought the best thing about Tiger is he seemed to be swinging within himself. And actually his driver, which he has had a few issues with, I thought he drove the ball beautifully all week. 
and he just seemed to be just swinging very freely. His body looked good. He did look a bit tired Saturday night, but he'd been up for about, well, I don't know how, how long, playing a lot of golf. Um, and he just seemed to be just look a bit weary at that point. And he said in the interview afterwards that he was very, very tired. But I think he it, hopefully he takes that mindset into other PJ Tour events that he plays in. Actually, he hasn't got to go. He hasn't got to go overpower any course. If he turns into almost like Cameron Smith and Matthew Fitzpatrick, one of those guys, you know, hit the fairways, hit the greens, you know, and and he's always had a very good short game. So that's I think the best way that he's going to have some success in these, you know, the the end of his PJ Tour career uh, and stuff like that. You know, we don't know how many years we're going to have of. Of Tiger, but the good thing is that we know that Tiger is always going to turn up at Augusta and always going to uh, to have a chance there if he plays well. And I think he again might enjoy the slightly quicker conditions that face the guys in April, uh, where he doesn't have to maybe have such long irons into every single green if he can get a bit of roll on the fairways. Just to clarify, just to clarify this, I need to. Tiger which took a ten on the. Par 3 12th Augusta. I've played the Par 3 12th at Augusta with the exact same pin, and I, I managed to get a four. So I think that means I'm, I'm six shots better than Tiger. Isn't that what that means, Elliot? <laughs> yeah, you had to get that in there, didn't you? Of course, of course. Anyway, I think it was a fantastic week. We're all absolutely shattered now, but it, is, it was well worth it. Uh, what's happening this weekend? Do we know? Is there, is there golf still happening? Yeah, we've got the RSM Classic in Georgia this week and the Joburg Open, which is um, always quite a big tournament down in South Africa. So, uh, yeah, no uh, no break for us, straight back on it. Yeah, you know, but it could be worse, couldn't it? Um, yeah, so tune in next week. We'll give a review of what happened in those two tournaments and hopefully we'll, uh, you know, we'll be fresh and ready to go, as we, of course, are. But uh, there's a few big tournaments coming up. There's, of course, the end of the European Tour season as well. So lots still to look forward to uh, before Christmas as well. Elliot, thanks ever so much for your time. Thanks, Tom. No worries. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Of course, don't forget to check us out on social media at Golf Monthly on Twitter and Instagram and Golf Monthly Magazine on Facebook. And, of course, the Golf Monthly website, golf-monthly.co.uk. Until next week, thanks for listening.